Podcast listeners, welcome back. Podcast 64, one of Tony's favourite subjects. Um, he doesn't like it, but he loves it. Tony, we're talking debt. Mm. God, I didn't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's interesting. Ever since I've known you, it's funny. You say you don't like debt, um, but it's such a great thing to use as a strategy within a financial plan. Oh, and I've taken enough of it on in the last six months as well. Correct. So <laughs> it is, it, I, I, we actually surprisingly haven't talked much about this, but I think it's such an important um, subject, especially when it comes to a financial plan. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I guess the great Australian dream is to purchase your first home and purchase your second home and keep going. So, you know, debt plays a big part in our lives. Um, and I think we will touch on bad debt and good debt because there's a lot of people that decide to get into bad debt and needing that new pair of shoes but you know with a good financial plan there is good debt that we can take on to help us in our future for a good pair of a good financial plan you can buy yourself a good pair of shoes without creating debt correct and that's the way we should aim but mm. i guess starting what is bad debt tony bad debt is well it's from an investment perspective bad debt is something is debt that you can't claim claim a tax deduction on so obviously if you're buying your first family home which is a principal place of residence uh, here in australia you can't claim that interest as a tax deduction but i don't necessarily regard that as bad debt no no so it's uh, because it's debt that is uh that has got a purpose it's debt that you're repaying rather than paying rent uh, and it is debt on hopefully something, the, well, something that is definitely an appreciating value, but over time, not necessarily an appreciating value on, you know, buy a house today, sell it tomorrow yep. uh, type of scenario. So there, there is that scenario where even though that is not investment debt, it is still debt that you can utilise in the future. Uh, so I don't regard that as bad debt. But bad debt is uh, people spending money that they don't have to buy things they don't need. Yeah. Uh, so, how, how many white business shirts do you need, Jamie? Obviously, not as many as me. <laughs> no, it's not uh, as many suits as you. But uh, with with bad debt as well, though. But I don't buy my shirts on debt. No. No. See, that's that's where I I, I pay for them out of the you know fifteen dollars allowance I get every week. <laughs> so I save that off over a couple of months and buy myself a new shirt. So with bad debt, though, Tony, I guess when we're talking credit cards and spending and things like that, that's yeah. what I'm considering as bad debt. Yeah. Um, the other one that gets asked about is. Is there points when we can actually have cars that are, that isn't bad debt? Cars? Yeah, so if we're borrowing cars, like, I know this is a tricky one to start with, but say a tradesman getting a new ute and things like that, is there times when that's not considered bad debt? No. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's... And I say that because I just bought myself a new car and I've got debt attached to it, and it's not good debt. <laughs> it's a waste of money. <laughs> but I like my car. So, no, I'm perfectly honest. No. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong, in the car park next door where we park, it's full of all the tradie utes and trucks, and they've got all these huge four wheel drives and um, all done up to the hilt. Um, and I don't think any of them carry their tools on them. And they certainly don't need a truck that big. But that's that's what they have to have to be a tradie, to be seen as a tradie. So. <laughs> but it's like the, you know, a lot of retired. Uh, well, uh, Army uh, personnel, Australian Defence Force, who all seem to have the black V8 Utes as our um, you know, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Kyle oh. Tyrrell would always say to us, you know, you don't know, you actually don't know which black V8 Ute is yours. You have to press the alarm to see which one beeps. So, so there are a lot of things that people can waste money on 
Uh, cars are certainly one. It's very rare that a car isn't appreciating. Just because you can claim part of the repayments as a tax offset or a tax deduction does still doesn't make it necessarily a good debt because it's not attached to an appreciating asset, something that's going to go up in value unless, of course, you've gone and bought you know that 1965 uh, Mustang Pony uh, for $2,000. It's now worth you know $35,000 because you've put a bit of love into it and things like that. So when it comes to motor vehicles, the short answer is no, and I have created so much bad debt on motor vehicles over my lifetime. My Corolla is still going strong. <laughs> I told you you could add my old car. <laughs> too big for me. But, Tony, okay, let's move on to the good side of debt. Then. Actually, I didn't say you could have it. I said you could buy you it. You could buy it. it. That's, that's why we moved on pretty much. Quick quiz <laughs> on that one. But let's move on to good debt um, and, and finance. But, you know, I guess investment properties or, you know, what other, what other debt can we take? Well, if you – there's not too many people. Let's say, for example, we are looking at buying an investment property – and that investment property is, you know, six hundred thousand dollars. Let's say there's not too many people who just have a spare six hundred thousand cash lying around, and it's realistically, even if you did, would you pour that into one property or would you buy three properties with that and have it, you know, all three of them neutral, especially if interest rates are so low at the moment, have yeah. all three of them positively geared, um, you know, having a thirty-three percent equity in each one of them, uh, you're actually getting a positive income from them. So. The, the thing where I think we get it wrong in the investment world, whether it's property or shares, is the short-term mentality the 24-hour news has actually given us in a way. So if you think of people who buy investment properties, those people that buy investment properties, it's a long-term hold. You know, so you have to consider that an mi- absolute minimum. Um, of a five or a six year hold. You don't you don't buy an investment property with a view to selling it in 12 months time. And even if you got it refinanced and it was up considerably over that period of time, uh, you don't necessarily look at selling it off. And of course, we all go through different economic cycles. We are going into a recession. Uh, will property prices move positively over the next few years? You know, last time we were in this uh, recession, interest rates, you know, property prices didn't move. They were depressed for a period of time, but interest rates were 15 to 17%. Money is so cheap at the moment, unless it's money on credit cards, money is so cheap at the moment, and they're keeping it cheap. And even um, the Reserve Bank came out, the Governor of the Reserve Bank came out the other day and he said he foresees interest rates being very low for the foreseeable future foreseeable future could mean a year or five years it's a very open-ended comment but on that basis is is it then a bad time to buy when money is so cheap the answer is if you can afford to no but this is where debt works well so if we take that scenario of I'll use numbers would be easy for me to calculate if that's okay Jamie yeah. so it's, um, I don't have a calculator I've got pen and paper okay so <laughs> let's let's say for example uh, you buy that investment property uh, for six hundred thousand dollars including stamp duty so let's say your, your cost price is six hundred thousand dollars and in five years time and you've got you've got a hundred thousand equity in it and you've only paid interest only and interest rates are really cheap so that's pretty much going to be neutrally geared after you get your tax return you, you probably will not be out of pocket on that and in five years time you go to sell it because you have to for some for some reason don't know what the reason is but you have to sell it for some reason and that property is now worth six hundred and sixty thousand so over five years it's only had on average two percent growth per annum which is 
Not something you've seen in your lifetime anyway. No. So I have, but not something you have. On that basis, you say, I only made 2% per annum on that. Uh, that's not a good investment. But if you're so excluding tax, if you've made a $60,000 gain on that investment and your equity is 100 grand, you've actually made a 60% return over that five years. 12% growth per annum, and it hasn't cost you a cent, you might have actually got some money back from the tax man. That's where gearing works. Okay, so it's, um, I'm not, I don't believe in borrowing 100% uh, unless it's secured against something that you already have great equity in in the first place. So if you have a home worth 3 million bucks and you go and buy a couple of investment properties of 600 grand each, and all of that's 100% geared, but you've got 2 million equity in your house that you've used as security. So from that, from a taxation perspective, don't have a major issue with it. I always look at it and say, if you didn't have tenants, can you make these rental repayments? Yeah. Sorry, can you make the repayments to the bank? And that's probably been the hardest hit part of COVID at the moment. Correct. The property market. Yeah, commercial as well. Uh, so I've, I've always, as you know, I've always had an issue with commercial property. I've always regarded it as a little bit risky because you're taking on tenant risk there. Yep. Very rare that you have risk involved in personal investment properties that you lease out to, you know, um, the Willard and Kenzies of the world. So it's uh, saving money for their first property and uh, basically it's a case of they go to work, come home, pay the rent, um, etc. There's very rarely risk involved there. Sometimes the, the risk is that it's in a bad area and you're just not going to get capital growth or you get tenants to trash the place. You usually got insurance that covers that anyway, but it's not, it's not nice, especially if it takes a couple of months to fix up and things like that. But it's very rare. I remember one of my mentors, Robin Dorr, when he's saying to me about property, he said the only reason a property is not leased out uh, for any longer than six weeks or it takes longer than six weeks to lease it out is because you're asking too much money. It is impossible not to have an investment property leased out. Uh, he told me that 30 years ago. So when you consider that as debt, um, is that good debt? Is it bad debt? It's good debt. In the scenario I just gave you, you actually are maximising return and, and they're very low numbers that I just spoke about. So from that perspective, an investment property there, and the, that example is good debt. Yeah. So we can also take out other finance on other things. So shares? Yeah, you can. I, I'm not a fan of margin lending, as you know. Correct. So margin lending have, um, to the point where I don't allow it in my office. Yep. Uh, so I don't allow any of our advisors to talk margin lending to any client. That doesn't mean, though, I won't borrow funds against other investments to actually... So if somebody already has you know, $100,000 to put in that portfolio, you can have a normal line of credit P&I loan, not attached to your house, uh, but actually attached to the investment portfolio, so it's not secured against your house. Interest rates... About four percent, I think. No, it's less. It's um, okay. yeah. So it's, I think it's about three point two, uh, something like that, or three point four, three point four percent. Yeah, three point five. Will large just <laughs> just. I don't know whether you were telling me to get f with those uh, finger points there, Will So, but it's um, no, it's so basically on that that it's good because it's actually P and I as well. So. If you think about that, let's say you got a hundred thousand and you borrowed a hundred thousand, you had that on a ten-year P and I loan. Um, that's realistically repayments of about $10,000 per year over 10 years. The interest you pay on that, which is quite low, so that would be 350 bucks a year is tax deductible to you, so it's not that much in respect to the interest you're paying. 
But in respect to that investment, the reason why we would always suggest to repay at P&I, it's like forced savings. So you've got 200 grand in the market over a 10-year period, even a 7% return will double in value. It'll be worth 400 grand. Yep. Uh, so if you said, no, I, I've got the ability to be able to save $1,000 a month and invest $1,000 a month, do it this way. Do it all up front. Get some tax deductions for part of those savings. Don't have to worry about it. And you actually, when you're repaying loan, we've had this discussion before, you never forget to repay a loan unless it's to your parents. Um, so having children who still owe me money. Um, <laughs> so, so. I've, forgot, I've forgot a few of those in my time. <laughs> so it's... Uh, but what you have is when you actually, if you had to make a car repayment, you'll make that repayment. You've got a mortgage. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> so you've got a mortgage. Uh, you won't miss that mortgage repayment uh, because otherwise you're out in the street and you're losing an asset that you got there. So, so when you consider um, borrowing against an investment, yes, you can do that. And you can do that in a very structured and safe way. And as you know, we always take a minimum of a five-year view uh, when we're projecting out our investments and what we're looking at anyway, so in the markets, yeah. in the share markets there as well. But you don't borrow money to go into the markets if you're just going to go and put the money into fixed interest funds because why would you borrow 3.5% to earn 3.5% income, which is taxable? Just makes no, especially with no capital growth. So you don't you don't borrow to go into fixed income funds or into balance funds. You actually do have to have a risk appetite, which is predominantly growth orientated. Yeah. So and that, and that's that's something that's really important. It has to be growth. So even if your risk profile might be a seventy thirty, what you might do is lower your risk uh, the, on the investments you have within your super fund, as an example, to maybe sixty forty, so that you can have more of an eighty five depending on total assets, but say you can have more of an 85, 15 um, you're exposure. You're talking growth and defensive assets there too for the people playing at home. Correct, not 85% <laughs> returns per annum. <laughs> so it's, but um, Tony, yeah. we actually had a great example in recent weeks where um, we were able to really get a good scenario working between both sides there, Yeah. investment in shares and actually creating tax deductions as well from, yeah. from savings that are more, um, one of our more... That, that, Lisa yep. um, was able to achieve for the clients. Yep, our Sydney, our Sydney mortgage broker. Yes, yeah, so I had a client, uh, well, have a client in Sydney and a uh, new client. Uh, looked at her scenario. She had good equity in a home, young, single, um, good income, good equity, really good savings capacity. And, you know, paying a bit of tax, not huge, but still paying a bit of tax. So I looked at her scenario in respect to the investments and by the first thing we did was actually have Lisa address her current P&I mortgage that she's paying on her principal place of residence. The interest, of course, is not tax deductible, but Lisa was able to save her about, uh, I think it was about $3,000 per year in repayments. So making the same uh, repayments, but with a lower interest rate. So all up the savings were about $3,000 per annum. The client then ha has an personal investment portfolio already of about 40000 50000 um, So what we looked at doing was saying, okay, with that extra 3000 in savings, uh, so she's in her late 30s, with this extra $3,000 in savings, we actually got her to contribute that into her superannuation fund as a personal concessional contribution, which puts an extra 3000 less contributions tax in her super fund uh, per year, uh, she wants to retire at age 60. And on top of that as well then, she now gets roughly around about $1,200 back as a tax refund from that personal concessional contribution. 
So straight away, she saved, by saving money on the interest, she's able to use that cash flow to be able to go and put that into super. What we then went and did too is against her portfolio, we actually, because she's got very good savings capacity, we went and put a $50,000 portfolio against her current $50,000, secured against that. Interest rate, as Will rightly pointed out, probably about 3.5% at P&I. She's got the savings capacity to pay that off over three years comfortably. Yeah. What that then means is in three years' time, she's now got a $100,000 portfolio, hoping that there's been some growth, you'd, you'd assume so. Um, her mortgage is coming down as per it is anyway. Uh, the overall end result, though, was about an extra $250,000 in total in retirement for a total outflow of cost to her was around about $800 a year before tax. So $800 a year, if you times that, uh, by 10 is 8,000 times it by 20 is $16,000 for an extra 200 plus thousand dollars in retirement. That's a decent result. That's good debt. Yeah, that's good debt. <laughs> so it's, um, but that's good debt. But we're actually using savings on a non deductible debt uh, by having a, a more competitive and lower interest rate to actually, with those savings, putting it into superannuation. Uh, getting her a tax refund by doing that, using that refund in respect to repayments on the loan um, over the period of time, and it's, you know, what what a magnificent position that she that she is in, you know. So it's um, and so that's where recycling debt, and as I said, good debt against her property that she actually has, but not taking that equity, even though she's got like five hundred thousand equity, we didn't take out any equity. Uh, we didn't uh, from against that property. We just used stuff that she already has. Just did it a bit smarter. That's all. So yeah. good result. So, so buying a suit on credit card and then paying that credit card off over twelve months of twenty percent interest, not good debt. Okay, might look good, but you got no money. Buying our tradie friends out there, you know who we're talking to. So it's uh, all those young guys you boys play footy with. Yeah, I like how you're talking them and you've got your brand new car sitting there. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but I don't pretend to carry tools yeah, in mine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, 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 sorry, onions, is that you who I'm talking about? So it's, uh, but it's, um, no, I think, I, think, I think what you've got is that, you know, yes, you can claim some of those repayments as a deduction, but once again, it's not an appreciating asset. So, yep, they've got a car. Uh, do they need that car? Is it an appreciating asset? Uh, the answer is they probably could have got a smaller car or a cheaper car if they wanted to, uh, but they're in a position to be able to do it, earning good money, good luck to them. Um, and I've made that mistake, so all you boys out there, don't worry. I've done exactly the same. It's just not a big ute, uh, V8 ute, that's all. Um, but last but not least, yeah, create borrowing money against assets and good cash flow. And you have to have good cash flow uh, to be able to do it, to be able to create an investment is good so debt can be really good it can be very nasty at the same time it's managing it and making sure to utilize for all the good reasons it can give you a huge benefit later on in life as well Tony thank you very much for today as I said one of your favorite is that all clear as mud is that as clear as mud clear as mud and if anyone wants some clarification around it they can always give us a call and they can have another half an hour conversation with you from there is that all yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Danny, thank you. Thank you, gents.